Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. You can pause puberty? Anderson Cooper goes insane on the air on CNN. And, well, one brave soul actually has the courage to tell truth to power just as the COVID emergencies are ending. But, hey, just don't tell the hospitals who are still denying people being able to give or receive a transplant based off of their vaccination status. But hey, who cares about all of that, right? I'm Andrew Coppins. This is Critical Thinking. Welcome in to a Fish Fry Friday. Welcome on in to that Fish Fry Friday edition of the show. You know, we put the worst of the week, the most insane of the week, and then we give you our best and worst takes. Well, I'm still flying flying solo. Uh, Pat was uh, visiting some friends and having a grand old time and a well-deserved grand old time for that as well. So this will be the last day of me flying solo for a while. Um, and with that in mind, um, folks, do not forget to visit the sponsors of this show. That includes our fine friends over at coffeebrandcoffee.com, where you can enter the promo code Critical Thinking for 5% off of your purchase today. This is fresh roasted, put into the bag, shipped directly to you, high-end coffee, very, very delicious. I recommend the bourbon flavor. It is my favorite of all of the flavors. Um, if you're not into flavored coffee and you're looking for really good coffee, this is a great place to start. Do business with those that don't insult you. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com where they care about coffee, not your politics. Enter the promo code Critical Thinking at checkout for 5% off your purchase today. Again, coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code Critical Thinking. 
Okay, all of that out of the way. Of course, you know the drill by now. We have our worst take, our best takes of the week. Um, I'm kind of switching it up a little bit because Pat is <clears throat> not here. And I want to fill a little bit more of time. But um, I'm still going to give you my worst take, my best take. I'm also going to give you my most insane take of the week. And it was a really difficult competition for the most insane take of the week. Of course, we're going to also crown a brand new Richard of the week. So let's get into it. I say we do the worst take of the week first. And folks, I'm just going to tell you this right now. Um, you might hate me for putting this on air, but you need to understand what you are up against. Remember, I told you that apparently, allegedly, According to the trans community, don't worry, puberty blockers are just putting the pushing the pause button on human puberty, on human development and growth. I'm not kidding you. This is a real take. What are hormone blockers and how do they affect your body? Well, are a series of injections and or an implant that you can have put in your arm that temporarily pauses puberty. Oh, what do you mean temporarily pauses puberty? For people assigned male at birth, puberty blockers will decrease facial hair and body hair growth, prevent your voice from getting deeper, and will limit eggplant growth. <laughs> and for people assigned female at birth, hormone blockers will prevent booby growth and getting your period. <laughs> no more periods. <laughs> However, once you stop taking puberty blockers, your body will then go into puberty, and that's why it's only temporary. <laughs> <laughs> um, except for that is, well, so she's right in what the puberty blockers will do, except for she's totally wrong about the hitting the pause button. You can't undo this. This is different than, especially, by the way, if you're talking about the eight, nine, ten-year-old crowd. By the way, <coughs> many of these individuals, these sick parents, are already doing to kids. These absolutely sick medical professionals are doing to kids as young as eight and nine years old. If you give puberty blockers to people who have not experienced any portion of puberty at all, period, amen, they will never experience it. And um, by the way, those who actually study this tell you once you hit the pause button, as this uh, individual would like to tell you, this woman would like to tell you, um, you can't undo that. You, you, there's no reversal of the situation and, and magically you're just going to be able to continue living life as if you decided you were uncomfortable with um, being a <clears throat> female if you were a male or a male if you were a female um, biologically. That is not at all what puberty blockers do. Puberty blockers block your ability, yes, to grow facial hair, the size growth. It also blocks bone density, um, estrogen production, testosterone production, 
And those are, in most cases, irreversible situations because you are altering how your body functions. There is no such thing as a pause button in your body. That's not how this works on any level. And the suggestion that you just get to go live your life as if nothing happened if you choose, quote unquote, not to go down that path is insane. These are life-altering decisions. Life-altering decisions. It's as simple as that. There is literally no valid research, research not done by the pro-trans medical community, anybody with a just level set on this topic looks at it and says that that is possible. It is an impossibility. You are literally telling your body, you are tricking your body into stopping the production and the, the timing of puberty. Puberty is a natural thing. It is something that your body is supposed to go through. It doesn't just stop and then continue down its own path. That's not how this works. Biologically, cell level biology. No, not how it works chemistry-wise. You are altering brain synapse functions. You are altering um, chemical production in the body. You are altering, altering biological parts of the body. You don't just magically sprout uh, tits and bits, if you will, after you get done with this. That's not how it works because your body has learned that it isn't puberty time anymore. And your body doesn't just roll the clock back, by the way. That is not how it works. In any level. This is the insanity that you are dealing with because these people have influence over your kids. Now, my suggestion to you would be the less social media that your kids are involved in, the better until they can maturely handle and understand and discern the, not just information, but the things that they're being exposed to as real, fake, not even do I agree or disagree, <clears throat> but are they actually real or are they fake? We have to start at that basic of a level. And a lot of parents don't understand that allowing their kids on their TikTok or on onto their Instagram reels or whatever, you are already creating brain function that doesn't allow for the discernment of real and fake because they don't have that built into their system already. So unless you are sitting there from the time that you are able to speak and communicate with your child, literally telling them real from fake, real from fake, real from fake, real from fake, over and over and over again for years at a time, and then you can expose them to this. Unless that's something that you are actually doing, making a conscious effort to fire those synapses. You shouldn't be allowing your kids on these social media platforms. But Andrew, everybody's doing it. Yeah, I know. Guess what? Everybody in, in my high school wanted a great stereo system and subwoofers and everything else. And a few of us saved up every penny that we had working summer jobs or odd jobs you know, on the weekends and nights 
in high school to produce those things, but that didn't mean they're good for us. It was pretty bad for your hearing and, you know, all that sort of stuff. My, my point of all of this is to say, you have to understand what your kids are being exposed to. You have to understand what our culture is all about right now. And it's all about this kind of stuff. So pay attention and stop allowing your children to be influenced by this stuff. You have control. You have the ability to say, no, you are not getting on TikTok. You have the ability to say, no, I'm not doing Instagram either. Um, I have a Facebook page or I have a, my LinkedIn page, but those are, you know, to see what other people are up to. I'm not interacting. I'm not doing anything. That's probably the right path going forward because social media has doing so much harm. And this stuff is the most harmful because it looks and sounds good. Oh, because, you know, trust the experts, right? Except for this person has what expertise being one of these individuals. And then more importantly, um, do they or do they not have a vested interest in telling you absolute falsehoods? Yes, they do. This isn't true on any level. But to that 13, 14-year-old who is exposed to this, what do they see this as? Expertise and truth. How do you combat that at home? Do you even know that they were exposed to this? No, you don't. All right, with that out of the way, folks, I also wanted to get into my most insane take of the week. Because believe you me, I thought about that last clip as my most insane, but it was my worst because it's just patently untrue. But Anderson Cooper from CNN took the cake of insanity. This was Anderson Cooper on Thursday night. So last night's broadcast after Donald Trump had basically owned CNN and um, uh, Caitlin Clark, was it? I believe her name was. I've never heard of her before. Apparently, she had been on Fox News talking about George Soros being bad and, and foreign influence in, in our elections being bad. Hmm. How far Caitlin Clark has come? But anyway, I don't even remember her full name. I know her first name is Caitlin. I don't remember her last name. But anyway. Anderson Cooper had this to say about Donald Trump's appearance on his own network the night before. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug an adjective he used many times to describe black men, and call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. It was disturbing to hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies, and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. As good a job as Galen Collins did trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. Now, many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time, I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so disturbed to see and hear from last night, that man is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. 
And according to polling, no other Republican is even close. That man you were so upset to hear from last night, he may be president of the United States in less than two years. And that audience that upset you, that's a sampling of about half the country. They are your family members, your neighbors, and they are voting. And many said they're voting for him. Now, maybe you haven't been paying attention to him since he left office. Maybe you've been enjoying not hearing from him, thinking it can't happen again. Some investigation is gonna stop him. Well, it hasn't so far. So if last night showed anything, it showed it can happen again. It is happening again. He hasn't changed and he is running hard. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is gonna make that person go away? <laughs> so wait a minute. <clears throat> I, I, you shouldn't you shouldn't have listened to this guy and, and I'm going to slander and libel against this man for literally about two minutes and then tell you, but hey, uh, don't silo yourself and listen to the other side. You literally spend how many minutes going absolute batshit conspiracy theory on everything Donald Trump. Look, am I a fan of the style of Donald Trump? No. Am I a fan of how he um, treats women? No. Am I a fan of how he disrespects people whom he disagrees with? No. But at the same time, um, this is a legitimate candidate for president of the United States of America. Whether you like what he has to say or not is irrelevant. CNN put him on the network for one reason and one reason only, the three and a half million people that tuned in to watch that event. Then they get to use this for days upon days upon days. Look, I'm not going to spend a single solitary second dissecting the things that Donald Trump said or didn't say on that stage with Caitlin Collins, not Caitlin Clark, who is the greatest women's basketball player I have ever seen. Um, I don't know why I mix those two up, but anyway, I'm not going to spend a single solitary second talking about that. All you need to know is that this wasn't, this was an attempt at CNN, you know, to, to be able to, you know, grandstand against Donald Trump. And at the same time, Donald Trump being able to grandstand against CNN. This is a mutually assured destruction type of a situation. And for Anderson Cooper to get up there and the the January 6th and all this other stuff, the insurrectionists and peddle in lies. Well, guess what? You peddled in lies too. And you've been lying about the Russian collusion. Have you ever, ever bothered Anderson Cooper? For the months, if not years, of you, you know, peddling all of the Russian, um, you know, conspiracy theory stuff that was literally proven to be absolutely fake. The Steele dossier, all of it fake, all of it a fabrication of the Hillary Clinton campaign and the accolades of the Hillary Clinton campaign. All of it fake, like not a single solitary word on that piece of paper other than the word Donald Trump was factual. Have you ever gotten up there and, and mea copa, my bad, I was wrong, we were wrong, you shouldn't trust us, 
I wouldn't blame you if you didn't listen to our network ever again. No. This is insane, folks. This is absolute insanity. We live in the most insane times I have ever seen in my lifetime. I, I, how does this happen? I, look, he, uh, he wants us to believe that you're supposed to be able to listen to other voices. But you spend the previous, what, two minutes of that entire clip? literally propagating lies and slander and defamation against a, a another person whom you happen to find abhorrent or disagree with. Now, I will say this. Congratulations to CNN for allowing Anderson Cooper his free speech. But if Anderson Cooper had his druthers, he wouldn't allow Donald Trump his free speech. That was very clear. This was, this was mind blowingly insane as far as I'm concerned. All right. With that out of the way, folks, it is time for us to crown a brand new Richard of the week. And the four nominees, as we always do for <clears throat> Richard of the week. First up, Christian Amanpour, um, who has proven herself to be quite anti-Semitic over the years, um, peddling some more anti-Semitism. And I want you to hear this. We also have the mother of two sisters, Israeli-British sisters. They were, ki they were killed in a shootout, and now the mother has died of her injury. Um, except for Christian Amanpour, um, they weren't killed in a shootout. Right, a shootout would be two sides firing at each other. Um, you know, um, maybe like in Chicago where somebody's driving by and there people are on the porch and both sides start shooting at each other. That's a shootout. The mother and two daughters that she speaks of were shot at almost point blank range by Palestinian terrorists. They didn't shoot back. Because they didn't have any weapons. They were shot. They were executed by Palestinian terrorists. The suggestion as if this is a both sides scenario is just insane. And it is the insanity of the anti-Semitic crowd. The anti-Semitic crowd believes that the existence of, the, uh, of this mother and her two children being Jewish in either some sort of a state in and around the Palestinian states is a occupational force and therefore they deserve to die. I just, the absolute anti-Semitic nature of all this is insane. But speaking of other insanity, AOC and her absolute insanity the, the, the absolute triggering of Donald Trump appearing on CNN and what she had to say, um, just nuts, just absolutely nuts. It might have put Anderson Cooper to shame. So for her insane ranting on Donald Trump and CNN, more importantly, um, she is a nominee for Richard of the Week. Thirdly, we've got uh, Anderson Cooper. I don't think you could have not put him on there for the first 30 seconds of what he had to say 
on air last night. That that's some of the craziest stuff I have ever seen. Some of the worst allegations I have ever seen against a former and potential future president of the United States of America. And then finally, I'm going to throw Eric Adams, Brandon Johnson, Lori Lightfoot, all in the same category, big city, liberal, sanctuary city mayors. And there suddenly, there's no room at the inn anymore as the border states are flooded with literally tens upon tens upon tens of thousands of illegal immigrants after the end of Title 42 and the COVID-19 national emergencies. I have my druthers with how um, this all took place, and more importantly, how the government is going to or didn't or wouldn't handle what was a very predictable um, surge situation when it came to Title 42, and it's rightful and lawful end, by the way. And I'm just going to say this real quick on this matter. For those of you who believe that Title 42 should have been in place, prove to me legally how that's supposed to happen. But, but Andrew, it's an, it's an emergency, and, and we have to hold on to the, the levers of power. Legislate it. That's the answer. Put into legislative action. You have that power. You run Congress. The Senate likely could have gone your direction because whom are the people who have the swing votes? It's Kirsten Cinema of, wait for this, the border state of Arizona. And then Joe Manchin, right, whose state of West Virginia has a deep distrust of illegal immigration. You could have handled this. You had every opportunity in front of you to say, you know what? Um, at the end of the Title 42 situation, we're not going to just go back to um, business as usual. And more importantly, the dereliction of duty of Alejandro Mayorkas and Joe Biden. We're not going to do that anymore, right? We had the opportunity. And by we, I mean the American people had the opportunity to also speak to their congresspeople, to their senators, to demand action, to demand some sort of change. Now, I would suggest our our legal immigration system needs to be rooted up, uh, root and branch, by the way. I, I firmly believe that we have to tear it down and build it back, not better, build it up correctly so that those who want to work and do it legally are incentivized to do it quickly, efficiently, smartly, safely. That's the, the key here. For the, the mother who chooses to, you know, take the $50,000 from the coyotes, right? to get their son or daughter over the border unaccompanied because they're so desperate for money. We can solve that by giving them the magnet to get here without ever having to worry about dealing with the stupid cartel. Kneecap the cartel should be our number one goal when it comes to our immigration policies.
And then two, benefiting American businesses and benefiting American capitalism. Those should be our main goals and our big opportunities in front of us when it comes to immigration. Let's think differently. But this Congress isn't interested in that. The Senate sure as hell isn't interested in that. The President of the United States is disinterested at best, if not, in my mind, a impeachable for not upholding the sovereignty of the United States of America. But all of that notwithstanding, to Eric Adams, Brandon Johnson, Lori Lightfoot, and their ilk, for the better parts of your entire administrations and previous administrations, you have touted and flaunted yourselves as sanctuary cities, welcoming of every single illegal immigrant you could possibly state, and and we're all about your humanity. But when you're confronted with the realities of what every border state deals with on a daily basis for years, if not a decade at this point in time, when you are finally confronted with the realities of what illegal immigration really does to a community and its resources and housing and all of that, when they're confronted with it, suddenly, up, we got no room at the end, bro. And uh, um, mm, we're going to spend $50 million on this or that or whatever. But Eric Adams and his ilk are absolutely disgusting on this matter. Absolutely disgusting. And I firmly believe that they need to reap what they sow. And so does Congress. <coughs> because they hold the ultimate responsibility here. They hold the ultimate responsibility because they're the, they're the mechanism of accountability for the dereliction of Alejandro Mayorkas, the predictable dereliction. He told you what he was or wasn't going to be doing. You have the ability to hold them accountable. You have the ability to hold the president of the United States accountable. And you have the ability to change legislation. You have the ability to fix this system, yet you don't want to fix it because it does what for you. On the Democratic side, it changes demographics. It changes the the game when it comes to who is voting for you going forward. That's the reality of what this isn't about replacement theory. This isn't about, oh, they took our jobs. No. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with that for me. That has everything to do with realizing who is profiting, who is benefiting from this. And there are two people there are two sides to this. Number one, it's the Chamber of Congress, uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, Rhino, you know, Beltway DC GOP types on one side. And then on the other, it is the these people are oftentimes exposed to socialism, which we love on the left, and therefore they are of our ilk, so let's let them in so we can continue to vote down this path and so that we can continue to, quote-unquote, transform, politically transform America. Both of you suck. You all are terrible, and shame on you for not fixing the damn issue. This was predictable. This was an absolute shit show that should never have happened. Period. Point. Freaking blank I I just uh, and I think Jesse Kelly actually said it best Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this but I, I want you to hear this 
How neutered is this nation that we even need something like Title 42 to help slow illegal immigration? We have to find loopholes from a fake pandemic or we're totally powerless to stop hordes of illegals from violating our sovereignty? Pathetic. Title 42 was totally being misused. I cannot emphasize this enough. If you are in the MAGA forever crowd and you are continuing to listen to this show, I want you to understand one thing and one thing only. Title 42 was being misused from the freaking get-go. It was being absolutely abused. It was the, this is the finger in the dike situation, the band-aid on the Hoover Dam situation, as I noted the other day. And it was being misused. This is never about controlling mass migration or mass illegal immigration over the border. This was about making sure that those who came here, legal immigration, by the way, could be barred if there's a communicable disease or something that we can't control coming across. Okay, look it up, look at its past, and look at its misuse here. It was already here. Now, could we have tested them and sent them back? Absolutely, we could have done that. That is a different scenario than what they used Title 42 for. They used it as an attempt to stem the tide of illegal immigration overall. Instead of just doing their damn jobs. This is from the this is from both sides folks. Title 42 was absolutely being misused and it rightfully should expire when the national emergency of COVID expired yesterday. And by the way, here in the state of Illinois, it was 1155 days to slow the spread. I think it's like 1196 or something like that. There's 69, 1169 or 1196 days to slow the spread here in the United States more broadly. What you talking about, Willis? Get it through your head, MAGA Forever. Title 42 is not a solution to the illegal immigration problem. Title 42 is literally a public health scenario. And if you are feigning that this is still a public health crisis, then guess what? You are on the side of the far left crazies when it comes to COVID-19. Are you sitting here and really going to suggest to me that we are supposed to continue on with a national COVID-19 emergency? Because that is exactly what needs to take place for Title 42 to stay in place. There's a difference between being pissed off being upset over what is going on on our southern border and the absolute atrocious inability for them to handle it and what's going on here so who wins my richard of the week well i cannot think of much more richard than eric adams Lori lightfoot brandon johnson in their ilk saying no more room at the inn how dare you to the border states who deal with this every single day while touting your sanctuary city status. Are you going to rethink that status? Or are you just going to, I don't know, piss and moan about it? All right. With that said, folks, what about my best take of the week? What about it? What about it? Well, folks, I have a couple of best takes of the week, but I told you upfront in this program 
that there was somebody who was willing to speak truth to power when it came to the COVID-19 scenario on the day that it was going to end, the COVID-19 emergencies. And I want you to listen to this because this is how you speak truth to power. This is looking them in the face and telling them they're full of you know what. The U.S. COVID pandemic response has been plagued by a failure to adjust to emerging data and to account for unintended consequences. One glaring example of this is the handling of school closures, with the CDC guidelines continuously at odds with evidence from other countries and from school districts that opened in the U.S. in the fall of 2020. This disregard for data led to prolonged closures and a catastrophic decline in academic achievement and a widening equity gap. This was not the only area where our health agencies failed to acknowledge evidence. They also failed to recognize the protection against COVID afforded by natural immunity. Natural immunity refers to the immunological response that an individual develops after recovering from an infection. It is part of the adaptive immune response, which produces memory B and T cells that remain in the body and can quickly respond to the same pathogen if it's encountered again. For centuries, natural immunity has been recognized as a vital defense mechanism against reinfection long before the precise cellular mechanisms were understood. Throughout much of the pandemic, though, messaging in the U.S. was that there was no evidence of lasting protection from COVID infection. But in fact, we did know otherwise and early on. In July of 2020, a paper published in Nature showed a strong T-cell response in SARS-CoV-2 recovered patients. It also demonstrated that patients recovered from SARS, the first one, also had T-cells that were still reactive to the virus nearly 20 years later, a very good indicator that SARS-CoV-2 immunity would be similarly durable. Several more papers came out in late 2020, early 2021, reaffirming these results and that even a mild or asymptomatic infection could produce a strong and long-lasting response. As expected, these immunological data translated into low reinfection rates. In February of 2021, a U.S. study of 3 million people showed a 0.3% reinfection rate compared to 3% in those without prior infection during the same time period. Two months later, the large SIREN study of English healthcare workers estimated that prior infection was associated with an 84% lower risk of reinfection. By late 2021, there were numerous studies, including a systematic review, Show, which showed that natural immunity was at least as effective as vaccine-conferred immunity and waned more slowly. The early data clearly showed that natural immunity was strong. Other countries did acknowledge this by allowing exemptions from mandates and passports while the U.S. continued to disregard it. In the short term... Okay, I think you get the point there. I don't want to belabor it too, too much. But literally coming with facts, speaking truth to power, and the, my favorite part of this, if you are not watching on Rumble, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, make sure you subscribe there, hit the, uh, hit the like button, uh, thumbs it up, all that wonderful goodness over on our Rumble page. But if you weren't watching this, what you didn't see is to this individual's left, is a woman um, who is allegedly probably going to be part of whatever this uh, oversight committee or what, whatever committee this was or subcommittee or whatever was going to testify in front of it. She's literally still wearing a mask, a, a cloth mask at that, a white cloth mask covering her face while she's testifying on COVID-19 in front of... Uh, at this point in time, folks, I, I look... 
I have long said you, you are free to do what you want to do and that's fine. But the amount of people who still believe that this provides them any level of protection on any sort of, I just, how, what evidence suggests this other than your fear? I am telling you right now, this bugs me to no end because these people still live in fear this isn't a decision for 90% of them, 95% actually, probably. Um, this isn't a decision based off of scientific research and analysis. This is about, well, it's still here, and I want to protect myself as much as possible. And then when you attempt to use logic and reason with these people, you can't. Because what about the flu season? Why have you never done that in your entire life? You're 45 years old. You're 50 years old. You never once in the previous 49 years of your life ever, ever thought of wearing a, a cloth mask, of wearing a KN95 mask to protect yourself against influenza and other aerosolized viruses. Never, not once, that has ever crossed your path. Not one time. Why? Because everybody knows they don't work. For them to work, the absolute insanity, folks. My mother being an employee health professional for about 30 years of her nursing career, every year or every few years, everybody had to get fit tested for masking when there's actual emergency and need for them. Like, I don't know... Um, Ebola or other viruses that come out that are deadly, deadly, like 45, 50% of the people die from that exposure. There's a reason they have to get fit tested so that they understand how to quote unquote properly fit the mask to prevent leakage, to prevent other things. It's just insane. But hilarious as we watch the national health emergency go away, as she speaks truth to power, the person right to her left is wearing a damn cloth mask on her face, like some insane maniac. And honestly, I say, go ahead and continue wearing your masks, continue to do so, because at least I can know that you are insane before I even deal with you, before I even have to interact with you. I know you're insane. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. All right. With that said, though, I do have another best take of the week, and this has to do with Title 42. This is the Border Patrol Union. This is a real tweet, folks. This is not some fake Border Patrol Union uh, account. This is as Title 42 is ending, as the situation on the border becomes even more chaotic, as they refused to plan for the months and months and months that we knew that this was coming, they tweet out, the Biden administration is absolutely corrupt to its core. That is a public service union literally calling out the Biden administration to its face. I have never seen this in my entire life. People who are in the employ of us, people who are in the employ of the federal government, right? You got uh, Customs and Border Patrol, ICE, you've got you know all of that, right? The union 
literally tweeting out, you are corrupt. Holy crap, folks. Holy crap. And they continued to hammer on the Biden administration, Alejandro Mayorkas and others, all throughout last night and into this morning. So go find their Twitter account. Massively, massively interesting. I just found it absolutely fascinating to watch them literally say to Joe Biden's face, you are a corrupt a-hole. Now, again, just like I said the other day, the thing that matters here is accountability. It doesn't matter that you expose them. It matters what you are willing, again, there's that word will, that you are willing to do about it. What are you willing to do? And with that, folks, I hope you have a great weekend. Pat will be back with me on Monday. With that being said, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you have a great weekend. Eat all of your meals this weekend. And as always, Matthew 547.